0: Got a Bible? Turn with me to Psalms chapter eighty-four. Psalms chapter eighty-four. We're wrapping up our series uh, entitled "Rise," where over um, uh, this thirty days of prayer and fasting season, those of you may be new with us, we've been walking through selected psalms, uh, selected passages in the psalms, uh, and so uh, we walked through Psalm twenty-four the first week, uh, Psalm forty, uh, or Psalm twenty-four, Psalm thirty-two, Psalm forty-six. Uh, right? And then uh, uh, and then obviously Psalm 84 this week. I'm missing one in there. I believe it was Psalm 66 um, last week. Uh, and so we're in Psalm 84 this week. And uh, one of my favorite psalms, I've been saying, man, all these psalms that we've been reading are some of my favorites. But uh, as I've dug in, man, they're all real good. Uh, all real good and really kind of hit on the uh, focal point of this series, Rise, right? Uh, uh, this challenge for us, I uh, ask people of God to learn what it looks like to pause, learn what it looks like to take a say-law, right? Some of us are running the quote-unquote rat race of life, man, super busy, and we don't think we have any margin in our life to pause and spend time with the Lord. But, but can I encourage you, man? Hey, uh, pausing and spending time with the Lord is the most important thing you can do uh, for someone who's busy. Martin Luther put it this way, man. He said, I, I've got so much going on today, I can't help but to spend the first three hours of my time in prayer. You know, he, he's, he's valued the importance of spending time with God. And it's us, whenever we choose to value that time with him, right? whenever we learn how to pause, that then our faith rises and the Lord takes us to a new place. That's how we grow in him. You don't necessarily grow in the Lord by doing a whole bunch of things for him, man. A key component in your growth with the Lord, man, is learning how to walk in this intimate relationship with him, spend time with him in his word uh, and in prayer uh, and Worship, And so Psalm 84 speaks uh, to that. We're going to read the, the whole chapter together. Uh, this psalm, uh, you see here, it's a, a psalm of the sons of Korah. We talked about them earlier uh, on in this series. Um, sons of Korah, right? They're descendants of uh, Korah, do that, uh, had kind of a bad reputation uh, in the Lord. In Numbers, you can read his story there. Led a revolt, essentially tried to lead a revolt against Moses and the people of Israel in the wilderness. Uh, Him and, man, his friends were swallowed up in the ground, it says, man, the book of Numbers there, right? Yet his sons, man, hey, they walked with the Lord, they loved him. And we see that the Lord redeemed, uh, you know, that uh, family line, if you will. And they were essentially the worship leaders for David, King David, while he was uh, king. Uh, And so they write this psalm speaking to, man, the uh, excitement that they have for this journey to be able to go, man, and be in the presence of the Lord, this journey uh, to the uh, tabernacle. That's where, you know, the uh, uh, you know, the presence of the Lord dwelt, if you will, there. In the Old Testament, obviously, the Lord was everywhere, at work everywhere, His Spirit was at work. But, man, the, the tabernacle there uh, represented, man, the presence of the Lord there with the people. It was in Jerusalem, and so, man, they had a long journey over there. And the psalmist talks about, man, the uh, excitement that he had for that journey, but also the excitement that he had to be with the Lord. And he saw that there was nothing better than being with uh, him. And so uh, we see that here in Psalm chapter 84. So if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there this morning. All right. Um, If you uh, don't have a word with you, the verses will be on the screen. uh, Verses 1 through 12 there. And uh, and this is what the word of the Lord says. These sons of Kor, this is what they declare. Uh, says this: How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, or O Lord of angels' armies? My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of uh, the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and a swallow, a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my God and my King. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those who man, dwell in your presence, ever singing your praise. Selah, verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are on the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed verse 10 we just sang it for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere i can translate it and everyone Watts translates translate a day with you in your presence is better than a thousand elsewhere i would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my god than dwell in the tents of wickedness for the lord god is a sun and shield the lord bestows favor and honor No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. The psalmists here, the sons of Clore, are are declaring, man, hey, how great it is to be in the presence of the Lord, right? The presence there in the Old Testament, right? represent the tabernacle later, Solomon, right? David's son built a temple, right, uh, uh, for the Lord, where, man, uh, uh, the Lord dwelt uh, there, Right, but we know now, man, in Christ, those of us in here who know Him, the Lord dwells in us, with us. And so the psalmist isn't necessarily talking about, man, how awesome is the, the tabernacle, if you will, right? It's awesome because the Lord's there. Right, later on, it's not talking about how awesome the temple is, right? It's, the temple's awesome because the Lord's there. What he's speaking to, man, is the value of, man, being with the Lord. The value of being with the Lord. Here's what he's saying. He's saying this, man. Hey, there is nothing better. And than knowing the Lord and being with him. And conveniently enough, that's what I entitled the sermon today. The Lord is better. The Lord is better. Hey, do you believe that this morning? The Lord is better. He is. The Lord is better. will not we pray together? Lord God, we do again come to you, Lord, asking that you would speak to us over these next few uh, moments, Lord. Uh, and Whether we're in here and we've known you for a long time, Lord, or we're new to the faith, I pray that you'd remind us that you are better, Lord. Better than any riches or fame, Lord. Better than anything that this world has to offer, Lord. Better than status or acclaim or fame, Lord. Remind us that you're better. I pray for the person here who doesn't know you, Lord. Been searching all over the world to try and, and find uh, something that he's desperately looking for, Lord. I pray that you would show them, Lord, that they've got a God sized hole in their heart that can only be filled with you. God, show them, Lord, that you are better and that they choose to repent and trust in you today, Lord. God, encourage us today, God, and help and for us to see that this truth about you being better ought to lead us. Man, to choose to want to dwell in your presence. Choose to want to be with you. Choose to want to make this Christian life more than just something we do. More than just attendance, Lord. Help for us to see, Lord, that man, it's all about dwelling and being in your presence, Lord. We love you. God, we thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. I believe the psalmist talks about three reasons as to why the Lord is better right here in Psalm 84, man. Right here, highlighted for us uh, this morning, man. The psalmist highlights three reasons why he's better. There's many reasons why the Lord's better. Man, hey, we, we don't have time to walk through all those reasons. But based on what we see here in Psalm 84, this is why. The psalmist believes that the Lord is better. The first reason is uh, this. If you're taking notes, it'll be on the screen here. The reason why the Lord Jesus is better, man, is because He is a place where the humble can call home. The Lord is a place where the humble can call home. It's interesting. Verse 3, right, uh, the psalmist speaks to uh, the sparrow. Right. And and, uh, the sparrow's young, man, they had a nest built up there, man, in uh, uh, in that area there in the temple, you know, uh, later on. But uh, tabernacle in that specific area, area where the sparrow can nest her young, man. And he says, man, even there, you know, man, the sparrow finds hope in your presence. It's interesting. Right, the sparrow, an insignificant bird. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 10, 29, as, you know, two sparrows can be sold for a cent, for one cent, for a penny. Right? Something so insignificant. Find significance, man, in the presence of the Lord. Oh, don't miss the picture. Don't miss the picture. In the same way, man, that's us. That's us. Man, folks, hey, insignificant, far from God, man, broken up, wounded, abused, far from him. Weary, man, I found a home in him, in Jesus. I love how David Platt explains it, man. He explains it real well, right in his commentary on the book of Psalms. This is what he says. The sparrow is used throughout scripture to describe a humble, lowly, common, and seemingly worthless bird. Yet this simple bird finds majestic meaning by having a house in the presence of God. It's really a great description, in a sense, of the people of God. Humble, lowly, common people who find majestic meaning in the presence of God. Hallelujah, man. Hey, the Lord is a place where we can find a home, right? We were lost, man, and He ended up saving us. And now, man, we're in Him, and we've got our home in Him uh, forever, forever. It's a place where we can rest in I love what C.S. Lewis says also about this reality. Man, hey, hey, us in Christ, man, we've got a home in Him. We need to be reminded that we've got a home in Him. But also, man, this quote speaks to the lost person. Look what it says. If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I am made for another world. Hey, those of you in here, man, who may not know the Lord, man, wandering today, hey... Listen, you can find a home in the Lord. I know I've been quoting a lot of hymns lately, Brother Ed, but I'll go ahead and quote one more. Like that old hymn goes, Softly and tenderly, right? They call, hey, come home. Come home. Hey, you who are weary, come home. man. Because softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. And calling for you and for me to return to him. And run to the Lord, the place where we can find a home. And that's why he's better. Because we can find a home in him. Components of him being a home for us. You may ask, what does that consist of? Well, I'm glad you asked. It says it right here in uh, the scripture. The first component, right, of him being a home is that he is a shield for us, a cover, right? Home is a place of protection, right? And and it also goes on to say, uh, the psalmist goes on to say in verse 9 that, man, the Lord is a shield for us, a cover. So what that means is, hey, we don't have to fear. Man, though the earth gives way, we don't have to fear. Though, though attacks come our way, man, because, man, the Lord is a cover, a shield for us. I know some of you, hate, especially, man, being in, in this context here, Pastor Greg, if somebody wanted to go ahead and mess up, be dumb, and try to invade y- some of y'all's homes, hey, I, I know it'd be over with quick, fast, and a hurry. Because, hey, cause I know, I know y'all got some protection, if you know what I'm saying. Amen. A home is a place of cover, protection, right? And the Lord is that for us. He is a shield for us. So as the enemy attacks from all sides, man, the Lord actively, is actively a shield for us. As fear, anxiety, depression, struggle attacks, man, He is our shield. He is our shield. Maybe you didn't like that first hymn I quoted, softly intended. i go ahead and quote another one. Remember that old hymn, Rock of Ages? Cleft for me? Man, hey, the call for us is to hide ourselves in him man, that cleft. Man, hide ourselves in the cleft, man. Hide ourselves, man, under his protection, man. He is a shield for us. And I've learned, Brother Nick, man, over time, that we've got to learn how to duck behind the shield. Got to learn how to duck, man. He is our protection. He's a shield for us. But not only is he a shield for us, he is also our son, S-U-N. S-U-N, obviously those of us, man, hey, we know, in here who are Christians, we know the S-O-N, son, but it says here that he's our S-U-N, the son. Verse 11, for the Lord God is a son and shield. Malachi 4.2 tells us that Jesus is the son of righteousness. Now, we know as we read the word that it's pretty rare that uh, the Lord is compared to the S-U-N, the son, because, man, a lot of pagan nations back then worshipped. Uh, The sun. Right. So I think there was some intentionality uh, there, but we see him compared to uh, uh, the sun here. And we know what the sun and its um, qualities are. Right. We know that the sun, number one, provides light for us. I don't know if you've been in a place, man, that didn't have, you know, electricity, man, and how dark it gets. I I was there just last year, you know, hanging out at my uh, grandpa's village back in Uganda. Man, as, as soon as it got nighttime and they shut that generator off. It was pitch black. We just waited for the sun to come up. Couldn't see nothing, right? The sun, man, hey, it provides light for us, but also, right, similar to a home, right, it also provides warmth for us. It provides warmth. It's so interesting, man, the difference in, you know, things whenever the sun is out versus when it's cloudy, man, and it's the wintertime. I know I've experienced it firsthand. hate it whenever it's cloudy and cold. But when that sun's out, it, it provides a little bit more warmth. That's what a home is, man. Warmth, right? With that warmth, man, peace, comfort. Man, all the above. Man, that's who the Lord is for us. The Lord is for us, man. I remember a moment in my life where I was so thankful for the home that I was a part of. I was 15 years old. Brother Ted, summer of 2007. Or not summer, Thanksgiving of 2007. You know, not in school. So my friend came over, you know, to hang out. And we had another buddy that was part of the youth group uh, that lived in the neighborhood that had pranked us pretty bad the week before. And so we said, now is an opportune time, Brother Brad, to get him back. We know where he lives. We're going to get him back. And so we decided, man, to go on an old fashioned, uh, uh, you know, TP. Decided to. Looked to roll his house. So, man, we packed up our toilet paper rolls, man. It was after midnight at the time. And I remember, you know, waiting for my, for my dad to fall asleep. I knew he was asleep because, man, he was his snoring. was shaking the whole house. I knew he was out at that point in time. And so we snuck out of the house, man, and, and went to roll, man, our friend's house, our friend Gabe's house. And we'd see cars drive by, man, and we'd run and duck in the bushes, man. We thought we were some kind of, you know, secret agents, you know, just being dumb, 15-year-old. And we got to the cul-de-sac right before where, right before his house, right where his house was. And we see a car pull in and so man, we run and jump in, uh, the bushes hide out there. And then we see a man come out of the house with his dog. And I remember thinking, brother Matthew, uh-oh, this isn't good. It's like 12.45 in the morning. You know, we're just out hanging out. Of course, me being a dummy, I'm wearing my white running shoes. They're shining, they're shining right in the light there. You know, so I'm thinking, man, we're going to get caught, man. We're going to get caught. Dog walks in. Hey, doesn't bark at all. Thinking, OK, man, we're good. So at that moment, I had two thoughts. Brother Jay, either A, right, I, I was thinking, man, I could jump this fence and run home. But I knew I was a lot faster than my friend who was with me. So it looked real bad, me leaving him behind. Man, we came on this thing together. It looked real bad, leaving him behind. So I decided, man, let's wait a second, and then we'll jump out of the bushes together. And so we got to that point. We're getting ready to run out, Brother Jeff, and all of a sudden, whew, 5-0, man. Two cop cars pull up. I'm thinking, man, damn, damn. Now, TJ, man, I've watched a lot of cop episodes, cops episodes, you know, and I knew what to do, man. I'd, you know, come out, my hands up. And so I came out, man, my, hey, my, my, to- my toilet paper rolls falling out of my pocket, my jacket pocket. Hands up, bad idea, Brother Nick, man. They came, tackled me, you know, tackled us. And all of a sudden, long story short, man, they put handcuffs on us, put us in the back of the cop car. And I remember thinking, man, sitting back there, I'm thinking, man, okay, maybe my parents will think this is just one big joke. You know, <laughs> hey, I, I've been a good kid, you know, man, I hadn't you know, had hadn't done a lot of bad stuff, man, maybe they'll think this is a whooping joke. And then I realized, oh, no way, man, hey, I, I've been whooped for a lot worse. So they might they might be lying, well, give me a whooping at 15 years old. But I remember the second thought I had was, man. I wish I would have just stayed home, man. Hey, this cop car, man, is pretty cold right now, man. It's not comfortable. It's not as comfortable, man, as, as my couch right back at the house. Man, I, I, I really wish I would have had some of my mom's chocolate chip cookies. I'd be eating some of my mom's chocolate chip cookies right now, man. The warmth of home. I remember thinking, man, there's no place like home. I was thinking, you know, like that great theologian Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. I remember her. Hey, there, there's no place like home. No place like home was what I was thinking. See, I had wandered off, man, and regretted it. And I had wished at the end of the day I was home. Don't miss the picture. Hey, in the same way, man, hey, that—that that, so the Lord is for us, man. That place of warmth, man. Some of you guys are wandering away, man, from home. Man, the Lord is our son, man, our son. Some of you, man, trying to, hey, figure out life all on your own, man. Hey, the Lord can be a place you can call home, man. Don't be like me, man. choose to run home. Choose to run home. The Lord is a place that we can call home. Second reason why, man, the Lord is better. We see here in verses 5 through 8, man, the reason why the Lord's better is because he provides joy in the journey. Hey, the second reason why the Lord is better, right, than any other idol, any other thing we want to worship, any other object of worship that we have, any item that we possess, reason why he's better is because, man, he provides joy for the journey. Again, I mentioned it earlier, right? Uh, the psalmist is speaking about this pilgrimage, man, that the people of Israel made, right, to uh, the tabernacle that was in Jerusalem during David's time. But again, Solomon, they built the temple, so it's the same concept, this pilgrimage to the temple, man, to meet with the Lord. And he's speaking about, man, how great it is. But in verse 6, he highlights, man, even, even though we walk through this valley of Baca, literally called the Valley of Tears, Baca was a type of plant that grew up in, that was uh, um, uh, that was uh, you know bloomed or, or um, grew in uh, an arid place, and so as they're walking through man this uh, on this pilgrimage man they're walking through some arid places there, walking through this terrible valley. But even then, hey, because the Lord is better because of who they were getting ready to meet with. Listen, man, even in that arid place, man, hey, they had pools there. Hey, hey, even though it was dry where they were at, man, hey, they still were able to find water. They make it a place of of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools who knows if there are actually you know actually pools there uh, some theologians say hey the lord man hey he provided rain you know as they journeyed there but but here is the, the picture right as we journey man with the lord man there's going to be seasons of aridness there's going to be seasons of dryness but man hey because the lord is better because we're walking with him man hey even in those seasons man he's able to provide water for our so. Able to provide water for our soul, man, we don't have to go on a actual pilgrimage to the temple, to the presence of the Lord, man, because, again, as I mentioned earlier, he dwells in us. Right. Those of us in here who know Christ. And so we can meet with him any time, any day. But we are on this journey called life, aren't we? We are on this journey called life. And one day, man, we will meet with the Lord, you know, be with him face to face right in heaven, man, be with him, dwell with him forever. But during that time, man, hey, we're we're on this journey called life where where things are tough. Man, life has thrown us curveballs. Things are difficult. But even in the midst of all that, man, hey, he can provide joy for the journey, man. Hey, Jesus is better because he provides joy for the journey. Can I just be honest with you? Hey, in Jesus' name, life doesn't have to be a drag. Hello. We don't have to live life as though it's a drag. Man, Jesus is alive and well. Man, we can have joy in the journey even though the journey is difficult. Even though, man, we're yearning for heaven. Hey, we could still, man, walk in joy. enjoy, Still choose to worship him. Man, because he's better. And by the way, I'll go and throw this in free of charge here, man. That's actually declaring that he's better, man, whenever you choose to walk in joy. The reality is, man, hey, a lot of folks don't really know that we belong to Jesus because, man, we, the way that we live our life. The well, way we respond to stuff, that, that's tough. Man, choosing to respond and worship, man, even when times are tough, man, actually preaches the fact to the fact that you believe he's better. And so the call for us, man, is to understand that. Choose to walk in him. He provides joy in the journey. Why can we have joy in this journey? Well, we can have joy in this journey because, as I mentioned, he provides water for the soul. Water for the soul. Man, the Valley of Baca, symbolizes dry and difficult days filled with hardship and hopelessness that causes weeping. In the middle of that valley, what sustained, man, the people of Israel was the hope of God's presence. When they held on to that hope, even in the dry and desolate place, man, that that place became a valley of springs and pools where they could drink and be satisfied. And as we walk through the dry valleys of life, hey, listen, the Lord is our reign. He's our rain, and he provides the water for us, man, that quenches our thirst, man, quenches our thirst. This earthly life can leave us spiritually dry, and so the call for us is to take a drink of the water, man, that's available. Can I be honest with you? Some of us in here, man, hey, we know we're parched and thirsty, right? But the reality is instead of grabbing, you know, a bottle of water, man, we're grabbing that bottle of Mountain Dew. Tastes good. But it ain't going to do nothing good for us. Ain't going to do nothing good for us. Some of us, man, hey, we're we're dry spiritually, right? Perhaps because, man, hey, this season of life has been difficult. But, man, instead of running to Jesus, man, the one who's the living water, and being in his presence, man, we're running to other whales to try and quench our thirst. Listen, you're just going to end up more thirsty. Or you're going to end up sick. And so the call for us, man, is man, to run to the Lord, man. Live in water. John 7, 37, Jesus said this, man, last day of the feast, this great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Man, hey, we're ever thirsty. And so the call for us, man, is to look, to be with him, dwell in his presence. Man, he... Provides water for our parched soul, man. But the other reason why we can have joy in the journey, it says, verse 7 and 8, man, the reason why we can have joy in the journey is because he provides strength in our instability. Strength in our instability. Hey, the circumstance of them walking through this valley to get to where they needed to go, man, didn't change at all. Didn't change at all. How they were able to possess strength, right, was that they found strength in... Ultimately, hoping in the Lord. Hey, what kept them going, right? It said from strength to strength. What kept them going, man, was the anticipation of being able to finally, man, meet with God, finally be with Him. And so as they could, as they got closer and closer on the journey, man, hey, the stronger that they got, stronger that they got. I know y'all been there before, man. Worked, you know, worked certain jobs, you know, where you, man, weren't really a big fan of, right? And it's interesting, you know, hey, that first part of the day, man, it is rough. But hey, once it gets to 3.30, 4 o'clock, and you're getting off at 5, all of a sudden, maybe, maybe, you know, you're like me, man, all of a sudden, I had a little more pep in my step, brother. All of a sudden, I was a little more excited. You know, I said, hey, I don't need that extra cup of coffee. I'm getting off here soon, man. All of a sudden, man, I was strengthened enough to be able to finish. Because, hey, the anticipation, man, of being off was coming up. Man, it's the same picture that the psalmist, man, prescribes here. And it's the same reality for us as we journey on this road called life, man. Obviously, man, it's tough. It's difficult, man. But the Lord can provide strength in our instability. And by the way, man, as you journey, if those, those of you who are, man, are closer and closer each day. Man, we all actually are inching closer and closer to meet with him one day, by the way. But man, hey, the as each day moves on, man, we ought to be getting stronger and stronger. Because of the anticipation of what's coming, Brother Rick. Hey, one day, man, we're going to be in the presence of Jesus, man. Man, hey, no more pain, no more sickness anymore. Hey, we're going to be reunited with loved ones that have since passed on, man. How awesome's that? Pastor Greg, I'm going to be six foot five with a big beard. Yes. Finally. And as we get closer and closer, man, we ought to be growing stronger and stronger. Man, you need strength today. Hey, look to him. It was the anticipation of meeting with the Lord, man, that provided that strength for them to keep moving forward. And we ought to choose to look to him, who's an ever-present help. For us. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. The Psalm says this way I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth earth man he is the one who provides strength for us man hey we can walk in joy in the journey we can find joy in the journey that's why the lord's better man he provides that joy for us provides that joy for us man and so we ought to choose to walk in that joy and what that looks like for us is man keeping on or keep on keeping on right that that phrase there man keep on serving the lord Hey, keep on singing praise to him as you journey with him. Keep on selling out to to his mission. Man, when your soul gets dry, hey, keep on running to the well that never runs dry. The Lord, man, keep on running to him. Man, the one who is, man, the provider of the strength that we need to keep rolling, man. Keep on keeping on. One day at a time. Hey, 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 men in here, keep on, man, loving and serving your family. And keep on leading. Ladies, keep on leading and serving. Man, because he provides joy in the journey, man. The Lord is better because he provides joy in the journey. I got to thinking about this, and then I'll move on to my last point. This isn't in the nose, but I just got to thinking about this, Sister Janetta. Man, I, I couldn't imagine, man, you know, uh, being a part of another faith system, man, where their hope is in a God that doesn't exist. Doesn't speak to us. Doesn't meet us where we are. Doesn't provide that joy to continue on the journey, man, of following Him. And I'm glad that we follow a God who does all those things. And so we ought to walk with joy in the journey. And then thirdly and lastly, and I'm done. Man, the psalmist... Sons of Korah, man, they declare that the Lord is better because he is the giver of great gifts. He's the giver of great gifts. Verses 10 through 12, right? Verse 10, man, that song that we just sang. He just makes the declaration. Hey, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere, man. No other place I'd rather be than to be in your presence. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tent of wickedness, man. Hey, the fanciest tent. Biggest palace, man. Hey, full of wicked people. Man, I don't care about that. I'd rather be a doorman. Man, in temple of the Lord. I'd ra- anywhere you're at, God, I'd rather be there than anywhere else. And then it says, For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows, gives, provides favor and honor. And no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly man the Lord is the giver of great gifts by the way when it says man those who walk uprightly it's, it's speaking to man those who are pursuing Jesus right those who are walking with God uh, it doesn't speak to what you know some believe right is you know the concept of uh, impeccability us being able to be perfect whenever we come to faith can't you know we know that's not true right we fall short man because we still got this old flesh there But man, hey, those who are walking with the Lord, seeking His face, man, He withholds no good gifts. Did did you know that, man? Some of us, man, we struggle with uh, a a, uh, false perception of who God is at times. Maybe you have this thought that, man, God is only there, you know, only around in your life, man, to cause you harm, if you will, man. Or He's like a vindictive grandfather, man, who's looking to just, you know, provide gloom and doom for you whenever you mess up. that's not the God of the Scripture. Yes, God is just. Yes, there is punishment for sin. Right? There is a call to repentance. There is a need to repent and to trust in Him to be saved. Yes, there are consequences for our actions in in Christ, those of us who follow Him when we do sin. Man, there are consequences there. But man, He's a loving Father, man. He cares for you. He's willing to meet you where you are, man. And he is the giver of great gifts. And it speaks to those gifts here, man. Bestows favor and honor, right? We see that he is the giver of grace and glory. Those two words, favor and honor, literally in the original language, uh, speak to grace and uh, glory, right? He provides grace, grace upon grace. Aren't you glad for that today? Those of you in here who know Jesus, man, you've experienced that grace, man. Hey, he provides saving grace. Saving grace, man. We were far away from God, couldn't do anything to get back to him. But God in his love, man, he demonstrated his love for us as Romans 5:8, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And those of us who chose, man, to repent and trust in him, man, we've experienced the saving grace. Nothing we could have done to receive this gift, man. We receive this saving grace, man. He is saved us man aren't you glad for that today I know, hey some of you in here have been saved a while let me just remind you hey greatest gift you've ever received greatest gift you've ever received I've received a lot of great gifts I remember when I was nine I received an xbox man the original xbox I thought that was a great gift hey salvation's better hello hey I remember one time I received a car brother Jeff one time as a gift man hey salvation's better grace of God's better Man, he provides saving grace. But then secondly, we see here, man. those of us who are in Christ, man, Hey, not only has he provided saving grace for us, he's provided sustaining grace. Sustaining grace. Not only has he saved us, but he's also, he also sustains us. Man, he keeps us. Keeps us. Keeps us, man. Second Corinthians 12.9, it says it this way. Paul says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Man, Paul is talking about this in the context of this thorn in his side. We don't know exactly what that thorn was, man, but it was giving him a ton of grief. And he prayed and prayed brother Tristan for God to remove that thorn. But the Lord reminded him, hey, my grace is sufficient for you. Grace is sufficient. For you. God sustained Paul even though, man, he was struggling. And in the same way, he does that for us. Is that for us? Need another verse? Jude 1, 24 and 25. Says this now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen and amen. And the Lord, who is able to keep us from stumbling, he sustains us. The Lord saved us. And man, he sustains. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? Hey, listen, that next breath you're about to take, man, that's a gift from the Lord. Hello. Hey, the ability to be able to look out for your family and serve your family, that's from the Lord. ability to be able to work, that's from the Lord. Make money, that's from him. Sustaining grace. Colossians 1 tells us, man, hey, he he literally, man, he holds, man, literally is thinking about us, man, and, and, and that holds us together. Hebrews 1, 3, man, he holds the universe by his whole power. Power of his word. Man, sustaining grace. Man, he is the giver of grace. Hallelujah. But, hey, he's also the giver of glory. That's what it says there, man. Talking about eternal glory there, Brother Rick. Talk about, man, us being in his presence finally forever and glory. glory. One day, man, we'll see him face to face, like I mentioned. We'll be in our glorified bodies and we'll be able to finally sing it is well with our soul. Well with him. Be reunited with our loved ones, man. And there'll be a time when there's no more pain, no more sadness. Be in the presence of our maker, man. Heaven. What a gift. What a gift. Be able to be with him forever, man. Oh, long for that day. And we'll see him face to face, man. Eternal glory. He's the giver of grace and glory. But then lastly, we see that he's the giver of all good gifts. And that's what the psalmist says there. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I love what John Gill, the 18th century theologian, says whenever... The questions ask, hey, what are these good gifts? What does that look like? Um, he says it this way. He talking about the Lord withholds not any good thing. He is purposed for them, promised to them, or laid up for them in covenant, right? Promises of God. No spiritually good thing pertaining to life and godliness, and nor temporal blessing that is good for them. You take note of that. Some of you have been praying, man, for God to provide, you know, a, a temporal blessing in your life for a while, but he hasn't yet done it. Perhaps it's not good for you in the moment. Hey, remember, God is not a genie in the bottle, man. He doesn't just answer to our every wish and whim. And he's all-knowing, man, so he, he probably knows what's going on. And so my encouragement to you, man, is to wait and trust in him. He will deny them no good thing they ask of him, not anything that is good for them. He will not draw back any good things he has bestowed on them. Man, these good gifts. What a loving Father. What a loving Father. If you're taking notes, Matthew 7, 7 through 11, I won't read it, but check that out, speaking to a loving Father. Then James 1, 16 and 17, man, that speaks to, man, the great giver of all good gifts, man. Every gift we have comes from above, man, every good gift. And so the call for us, man, is to choose to trust in him. Answer what the Lord of what it, Psalmist says in verse 12, man. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Listen, friends, the Lord is better. He's better. He is. It's not just, man, that, not just a, some cliche statement. It's not just something, man, I'm, I'm saying just because it fits, man, the text of what we're reading here. It's, it's a fact. It's a reality. And man, the sons of Kor came to understand that truth. And so, man, the call for us is to acknowledge that and then choose to live accordingly. Man, man, choose to have a desire to want to be in his presence, man, to walk with him. Talk with him. Man, hey, choose to want to serve him and worship him. Not just with our lips, but with our life. Man, choose to want to be all in, man, in the responsibilities that he's given us, man, to shepherd and lead our family, serve our family. Man, minister to those that are lost around us. Serve the local body. And because the Lord is better, man, he's worthy of our life, so we ought to give it to him. Not just parts of it, Brother Wes. Not just parts of it, all of them. Call us to give them all.